All right. I appreciate everybody for jumping on today. Obviously, these weekly meetups are, are some of the energy that we just crave each week. And we just love doing these meetups with the small business community because everybody's looking for the, the availability to listen, learn, and leverage, right? We're looking for information, that little nugget, that little piece that's going to kind of enable us and empower us to grow. And one of the reasons we do these meetups is to help share stories and silver linings and, you know, offer people a little bit of a spotlight on what others are doing. And I'm very excited for everybody to join us today. Uh, we've got uh, Tade Alberto from the United States Business Association of E-Commerce and the Digital Economy Alliance. He's going to talk to us today about digital community and why it matters. Um, and he's got a great story. Uh, one of the things that we like to do, Tade, before we get started, is we like to have the community members that are here today introduce themselves so that you know who is here to support you and so that they know that they're committed to as community members and they can grow with you. So I'll start. My name is Adam Griggs. I am the co-founder of a software platform called Clarify, and I'm your moderator today. And I will turn it over to Rachel. Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel McCool from GoDaddy. Um, I am responsible for community experiences. So, you know, again, trying to connect all of our great small businesses with each other and provide some, some good ways for you guys to learn and grow. And um, we're personally thrilled every week to join these meetups, um, you know, just hearing your stories and being able to just have you guys connect with each other is really is what it's all about for us. So Tade, we're really looking forward to hearing from you. And hi, my name is Jonathan Graziano. I, uh, I work on the social media team here, but I also am part of the, the community effort. I've been working with Rachel for quite some time to, um, uh, to, work, to work on this group and to help facilitate meetings like this. Um, I'm uh, for, for engagement. I do mostly just, um, uh, or excuse me, for being on the social media team, I work on engagement. So uh, engaging with people across our social platforms, building strategies on how we want to show up and talk to people. Um, and it's been a real privilege to watch this grow. And I'm not being hyperbolic to say that it's been really grounding and very inspiring to have these every single week because it is, you know, the, the new cycle is tough, but to get in and to really hear from people who are adapting and, and thriving and making the most of some difficult situations has been really wonderful for, for me as a person. So thank you for being here and thank you for all of you for being here today. And thank you too for being here. We love the contribution community that GoDaddy has just really brought to, to the LinkedIn meetups and to the, the group here. So we appreciate you both. Uh, Michelle, do you wanna introduce yourself then Chris? Good morning, afternoon, everyone. I'm Michelle Alexander with AGM Financial, and I help people plant their money trees. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Chris Castanis. I'm uh, the president of Surf Financial Brokers. We're a one-man show insurance agency. I'm licensed in five states, and um, every time I get on one of these little meetings, I, I get a nugget of information I use, so I always jump on whenever I have some free time and learn something, but thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, both of you, and, and to the community members that are going to watch this afterwards, thank you for engaging and listening. Um, definitely provide comments and kudos. If you guys want to, pop your website address in the chat. Definitely let us know where we can connect with you, and then if you want to share your LinkedIn, we'd love to continue to connect and build off of that. Tade, what we'd love to do is kind of hear the backstory on what led you through the, the journey in business to going from the Hispanic Chamber of E-Commerce to launching the U.S. Business Association of E-Commerce and now the Digital Economy Alliance. Talk to us about you know, your experience and, and the passion that led you there. 
Oh, thank you so much, Adam, and, and nice to meet you all. Thank you again for the uh, invitation. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to be as brief as possible. But I'm originally from Mexico. I moved to San Diego in 2006, and I grew up in a family of uh, entrepreneurs. And I remember my grandpa. He he um, he started a, or he opened a movie theater back in the 70s. And in my hometown where I grew up, there was this other family that launched a movie theater about the same time. The difference between the two of them is that my grandpa's movie theater after 50 years, it is closed now. The other family that embraced technology, embraced innovation business models as part of their business, they are like the second or third largest movie chain in the world. And they started in Mexico and that's in Nepalese. So I kind of like grew up in Mexico seeing businesses that those that were innovative and, and uh, open to new ideas on how to run your business were very successful in the marketplace. So when I moved to San Diego, I was working on my dissertation to earn my master's degree in marketing. And I was doing some research about the impact of e-commerce in, um, in exporters. And I realized that those that had a website, an email address, an online catalog, were, were selling more products in, in comparison to those that didn't have any online presence. And when I was, I, I was motivated to do a little more research about the participation of Hispanic-owned businesses in the digital economy here in, in, in the US, and I realized that there was a digital divide between the general market and the Hispanic business community. And that's when I started the Hispanic Chamber of E-Commerce in 2008 to try to help Hispanic-owned businesses on how to participate in the, uh, in the digital economy. 13 years later, with this pandemic and us receiving more uh, messages and, and, uh, and calls from businesses that we're trying to figure out how to sell online, how to have a, a, a better presence on, on social media and stuff, and, and, and asking a lot of questions like, hey, can, can I get involved with the Hispanic Chamber of E-commerce even if I'm not Hispanic? So I realized, you know, after all those calls that we needed to do a little uh, kind of like, like a sister chamber or, or a brother chamber, you know, as part of the Hispanic Chamber of E-Commerce. And we launched the U.S. Business Association of E-Commerce in September 2020. So we're about to be one year old. And the association already has uh, 434 members. And the traffic is growing on a monthly basis. And we are getting more more people interested in joining. So kind of like that's kind of like the brief story on how we ended up here. Yeah, I, I didn't know the personal backstory and I love that because so many of us find that the root to our passion is stemmed from something that we either experienced or saw amongst our families, our friends or our colleagues. Um, and that's, that's true here with all of our community members on the reasons they've launched their startups and their businesses. And I love, I love that you launched both times in what would be turmoil, right? And yeah. I think there, there's something to be said about that because necessity is the mother of innovation. And when people are pushed into a corner, they find a way out. And business leaders and community leaders like you, Tade, do such a powerful impact movement by launching. In 2008, you helped the Hispanic Chamber of E-Commerce get people online and understand that if the economy is falling apart, you have to try to figure out how to survive and grow from there. And then you realize that 
2020, during the pandemic, you could do so much more because of the experience and the plethora of information and people that you had and your capacity to grow has just been astounding. So I love that and congrats on the growth. No, thank you. And I can tell you that my wife wasn't that thrilled, you know, at both times with me doing this kind of stuff. But, you know, there are some times in life when, when you feel something like really deep in your heart and you feel like you can contribute something to the better uh, good of the, of the community, you just go ahead and do it. And for me, that was a situation in, in both cases. And I was talking about this yesterday to an event that I attended last night. And I was telling the folks, because they asked me, what motivated you to start this concept? I wasn't planning to start a business association when I moved to, to the States. I, I, was, uh, I, I was running a very successful restaurant in my hometown, and I was planning to start a very successful restaurant in San Diego. But all of a sudden, I, I ended up uh, becoming a, a business leader in San Diego, and, and I got so engaged into this project that now it's, it's kind of like part of my life, something that motivates me to wake up. But at the same time, I feel like if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm gonna be able to leave some legacy, you know, at least with the people that I'm helping out. And, and it's pretty cool when I go to places here in San Diego and, and, and I go with my children, I was like, daddy, how come all these waiters and all these people know you? You know, because I go to restaurants that are members of the association and, and I need to explain them, you know, like the reason behind it. So it's pretty cool to see like my children seeing me giving back to the community and, and helping to contribute to, to a, a bigger picture than just making some money and, and, and uh, having that financial stability, which I also try to take care of that too, because otherwise my wife would say like, give me that ring and I'm moving forward from this relationship, you know? Um, so I'm just trying to keep things balanced, but again, my, my passion for helping small businesses is, is now deeply rooted in me. I love that. And I think it's a meaningful journey. I mean, so many of us need to balance the cost of doing good, right? We have to, we have to pay our bills and take care of our own families. But you see these small business owners in your community as your family themselves. Like you said, you go in and they're smiling to you. They know you by name and you can see the impact. And I, I love when you can see the impact. You know, one of the things that, and I've got kind of a soft spot for this because I'm from Tucson and I love seeing the, the way that people interact especially when they go to live events, right? The Hispanic Chamber of Commerce down in Tucson uh, was always just very lively and everybody was so inviting. And I just loved going to those events. And now you've got them online as well as the U.S. Business Association of E-Commerce. Tell us about what you're seeing today. Are, is there missed opportunities? Are there more opportunities to connect? Talk to us about how people are engaging and just being open to, to connecting more as a community. You know, like the one thing that motivates me right now about this pandemic, I have had mixed feelings over the last 18 months because unfortunately some of our members were forced to shut down their businesses. But on the other side, I've seen so many of our members surviving because of their participation on, on the digital economy. They're, they're finally opened up their minds and said like, hey, if I wanna keep my business open, I need to find a way to promote myself through social media, to have a website, uh, find a way to start collecting payments online, uh, find a way to start selling my products and, and services through an, an, an e-commerce store. So, you know, for, for the last 13 years when I was trying to motivate people to do it, and I was like, no, you know what, I'm so busy. I'm fine with what I'm, I am. And they were very comfortable with the stage that they were in. Right now they are like, oh, please help me out. So that's why we, we have been so busy over, over the last 18 months because more people want to, to get online. So 
for me right now, that's a very motivating thing to see because when you look at the last statistics and, and you see that 46% of American small businesses don't have an online presence in one of the most powerful economies in the world, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? So corporations like GoDaddy and, and I hope that others join, like, you know, like those corporations right now that are making a lot of money from small businesses like Etsy Marketplace, Shopify, and all those, I think they need to contribute back to the small business community by empowering them with access to resources and the education that is needed to try to get as close as we can to the 100 participation of the 30 plus million small businesses that are in America participating in the digital economy. This is gonna be one way that we can help to contribute to build economic prosperity in low income areas in our country and in places where we need to have more access to better education and, and, and resources and stuff. We know that small businesses are the backbone of our economy. So we need to keep providing them the tools that are gonna help them to succeed in the marketplace, not just domestically, but internationally. Now I talk a lot about local small businesses with a, big, a global vision, right? They need to think themselves of, like I'm, I'm based in San Diego, but I can sell anywhere in the world. And when you change your, your mindset to, to that stage, opportunities open up in so many different levels and the channel to reach those business opportunities is called the internet. So now with the, with the um, in, new infrastructure bill, there is something good about it because there is gonna be a percentage of those uh, dollars allocated to invest in infrastructure that is gonna allow broadband access to more rural areas in our country and to other areas, even here in San Diego, we don't have like 100% internet market penetration. So now a lot of communities, even in, in, in areas like here, which is the eight largest, um, imagine if the eight largest city in America doesn't have 100% internet market penetration, imagine what's happening in other parts of the country, right? And that's not just for, for e-commerce, it's also for education, you know, where children are not having access to the uh, educational tools that are gonna help them to compete in the marketplace. So that's why it's important. So on that end, uh, knowing that money is coming in to invest in, in broadband across the country, that's very uh, inspiring you know, to see. On the other side, we know that uh, small businesses right now are desperate to, to uh, I'm not gonna say like all of them, but those that are trying to stay alive and to keep their business uh, moving, they are open to have an active participation on the internet. So there has to be more uh, associations like ours. I mean, it would be great if every uh, chamber of commerce in the country, which we have more than 4,000 that are registered as chambers of commerce in the US, have programs and initiatives that help small businesses to actively participate in the digital economy that will be great because this is gonna be a joint effort. It's not something that one organization can take on, on, on its own because you need a lot of uh, access to resources. And, um, and that's something that I'm, I'm really looking forward over the next uh, few months because I've, I've seen it with some of the associations that I collaborate with, that they are more open to start thinking about uh, digital literacy programs financial literacy programs, because that was another big problem in the small business community. 
the financial literacy stopped a lot of small businesses from, from having access to the PPP loans, for example. So it wasn't like a racial thing or anything like that. It's just like a lot of these small businesses were not prepared to submit the documentation that was needed to be approved for a loan. So right now we're about to launch a, a, a big uh, literacy, uh, financial literacy program that is gonna cover all of Southern California. And, and the focus is, is gonna be on those areas, like how can you improve your personal finances, but also your, your business finances, because we need to be prepared for another potential crisis that can happen in the future. And, and now that the economy is becoming more global as we speak, we have to be prepared to, to this type of events. So if we don't have enough consumers where we live, we know that we have the internet and that we can sell anywhere across the world. Now, I think I think that speaks volumes. Number one, because you owned a restaurant in the past. And so you've got that, that piece in your heart where you had to watch last year as so many people struggled. And you know, watching your clients go through something like that it causes a little bit of undue stress and I shed more tears than I care to remember from last year, just for people that I've had relationships with for a decade or more. And it's hard because you see technology and technology has evolved so much that it's there and there's so many capabilities that it's overwhelming, but the piece that's missing for so many is the support, right? So you have technology and support. And just like you said, last year, so many people were, it wasn't out of reach for them to, to figure things out or to survive or even to apply for the PPP or any of that stuff, it was just out of their understanding. And sometimes as a business owner, I find that it's very difficult to ask those questions because you don't want to show that either you're failing and you're, you're, you're fearful or you don't want to come across as ignorant to, to those that are around you. And so I love associations like this and I love our community at uh, GoDaddy and the LinkedIn community because when people share and they share openly, you're able to shed light on the support that goes hand in hand with that technology, yeah. right? Like you said, there's all these big companies that have the capability of maintaining and creating a global enterprise for any small business owner, but it's only as good as those that can support themselves, you know, as a community on it, right? We can all sign up for this stuff, but if you don't know how to properly use it, what's the value? Exactly. You know what? Recently, um, an angel investor from the LA area told me, I don't believe your hypothesis of small businesses not having access to um, resources that are going to help them to uh, compete in the in the digital economy. And, and he called them like he said, any sophisticated uh, small business of all races, ethnicities are well served by Etsy, Shopify, and he started naming uh, other companies. So I replied back and said like, so you are saying like 46% of those that are not connected to the internet are not sophisticated. And he's like, well, I didn't know that it was that many small businesses, but it's like, well, according to the last US census, that's where we are. And, and just like you, you said, Adam, those small business owners right now that want to have a participation in, in the digital economy, they are going through different forums and groups and reaching out to their local chamber of commerce or uh, business association for support. And some of those business owners are gonna be more open to like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, workshop, a webinar. People learn in different ways, okay? So by having 
options in the marketplace, you are contributing to, to increase the probability of those small businesses that are searching for resources to find the one that they're gonna feel like is gonna satisfy their needs and is gonna, and, and, and those organizations are gonna be able to communicate the way that they understand the e-commerce language. Okay, so I don't think it has anything to do with your uh, income or your level of education. It's just like how you communicate technology to those that even hard, have a hard time, you know, like calling a phone on a, on a touchpad phone, you know? So by understanding the different needs that are in the community, in different areas across the country, that's the best way that you're gonna be serving these small businesses. And when you are on, on the floor, on the field, talking to business owners, getting those questions from them, you kind of get, get a sense of, of, of the needs and, and how they want them to be served. And you just try to adopt your programs and your initiatives to help these people that are coming to you for that support. And I think, uh, like I said, that's why it's important for, for every chamber of commerce and business groups across the country to embrace the digital economy as a priority and everything they do, because they know how to communicate with the communities that are around them. And every community from a rural community, from a, a community in South San Diego, North San Diego, even here in San Diego, South and North, we have to address certain issues with, with a different message because we understand like, what are the needs around this area? And, and that happens across the country. So that's why it's so important to, to address the, 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 how uh, much of a necessity it is to have different organizations talking about the importance of small businesses having hybrid business models. And by hybrid, I mean, keep doing what you were doing uh, for, since you launched your business, but start thinking about incorporating a digital component to your business model so you can increase your annual revenue because it's gonna happen. Once you master the, the, the beautiful code of selling online, you are gonna increase your, your revenue in different percentages based on what you sell, your industry and your capacity to connect with your target audience, but you are definitely gonna have more sales. And, and that's one that we are, pushing as much as we can, because it's gonna have a very positive impact in our economy at all different levels. Yeah, and I think it's important. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned was the, the capacity, right? To connect with your audience. And I think that in technology, the way that it, it stems today is sometimes we, we come into a, an environment, right? There's, there's more people launching businesses today than they've ever launched before. And that, there's a reason for that. People want to control their destiny. They don't want to be at the whim of unemployment or any other problems, and they have a passion they want to pursue. But some of us are just learning how to embrace technology, and some of us have learned too much, and we need to dial it back down to be simple. Because in business, there's always two different things that really matter. It's proximity and relevance, right? Are you close to your community, and can they see you? And are you relevant? Maybe you're not looking for online sales. Maybe you're looking to get more visibility. Maybe you're just trying to connect and build your brand. Those things do matter. And one of the things that I, I kind of uh, heard you say, and I want to tell you a little story, was the, the touch phone, right? This past week, it was the final week of summer break for my kids. So we went up 
to Cedar Point, which is this amusement park in Northern Ohio. And my kids went in the hotel room and they were so excited to see a phone on the, on the desk, right? A, like a plugged in phone. And so my, my little guy, Eli, he's seven years old. He walks up, picks up the phone. And instead of dialing a number, he looks at it and he goes, call grandma. He's like talking to this phone, call yeah. grandma. Why isn't it working? <laughs> like, yeah. he, it was too sophisticated from his perspective because he's used to a smartphone that's just going to listen to him. And if he would have just, because he knows her number, if he would have just known all he had to do was dial it, you know, it would have worked. So it's funny when technology becomes almost like an impediment if we've not dialed down what our real want is or our need is. Are we trying to get sales online? Are we trying to boost visibility? And where's the community that I can connect and learn from that's going to have context that matters to me? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I love what you're doing, Tate. That's what I love about our community is that people can pick the pieces that matter to them and they can, they can gather and learn in a context that's relevant to them. You know, like uh, this uh, summer, I have the opportunity to go to the Central Coast here in California. And it's a big farming community in that area. And I've been talking about probably for the last two years about how important it is to get more rural businesses participating in, in, the, in the digital economy. And it was very motivating to see throughout this uh, pandemic, like farmers markets here in California, now with the, the ability of uh, receiving payments through mobile phones, you know, because they didn't want to grab the money and stuff. So we went to this little town in, in the central uh, coast in California. And I noticed that I went to a restaurant and one of the uh, local businesses that attend the farmer's market created this little flyer that uh, was allowed to put in this restaurant. So you could place an order for tamales before the farmer's market opens. So they will have your order ready and for, for pickup. So you will order on, on your mobile device, pay on your mobile device, and just show up to the farmer's market to pick, pick them up. So that's the kind of things that are helping families in, in, in rural areas to increase their revenue. And there is one thing that I, sometimes I feel like uh, people don't, don't know or, or forget. When you talk about uh, communities in, in, in low-income areas that may not have broadband access and they probably don't have laptops, but most likely a lot of them are gonna have mobile phones. So that's why the, the increase of e-commerce through mobile devices is growing month after month. And I could see here in California, in those areas where there is a high concentration of African-Americans and Latinos purchasing stuff through their mobile devices. And, and that tells you the opportunity that is out there for small businesses to, to reach a, a, a bigger audience when you have a mobile website, I mean, a, a website that is mobile friendly, or when you are selling your stuff through Instagram, you know, a lot of people that have their mobile de- devices, most likely they will have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok uh, applications on their phones. So doing e-commerce through, through these three different uh, platforms, it's gonna allow you to reach a, a bigger audience. And those are like the, the little things that you need to think about because if you are engaging, or you have good content on your Instagram, good content on your TikTok, then you open up your opportunity to a new uh, demographic that is actively purchasing uh, stuff through mobile devices. So that's why mobile commerce, it's in- increasing 
on a monthly basis right now. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Opportunity is the oil strike of today, right? When people are looking at something that they want in the moment on their phone and the capability to just make the purchase is a powerful thing. I mean, there's often times where if I have to go and find my wallet and input a card, I just won't buy it. But if I can, yeah. use, my, if I can use my fingerprint on my phone, you guarantee I'm going to order that. You know, if I follow you online or whatever, and you've got a great product, I'm going to buy it because it's it's in it's in my moment and it's, it's an opportunity. And I might not remember later if I have to go back and find it. So again, there's that relevance and proximity. And I think that it's important for those that are starting your story with the, the farmer's market, ordering tamales ahead of time. I mean, that shows, number one, that they believe that they're popular and they're embracing that. Mm -hmm. And it also shows that they respect their client's time because they know they want it and they want a specific volume of it. And you're respecting them by not wasting their materials and their, their food and their, their prep time, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love the story. My wife and I have a little, little farmer's market thing going on called Mediocre Farms, mm -hmm. where it's not just good, it's good enough, right? We just teach people how to do things good enough so that they can kind of learn and grow from there. Because the only way you grow is through experience. You yeah. have to have problems so that you can grow and adapt and evolve and, and do those things. So I love it. Tate, one of the things we love to do is, is as a community, we kind of love to open it up for comments and kudos. And your story has been so powerful. I think that the community members would love to kind of offer some questions some comments and kudos. And it looks like Chris has his hand up first. Hey, everybody. Um, I love the mediocre farms thing. That just, that's, I'm going to have to use that with my wife uh, soon. But anyway, um, what you're, what I'm really getting out of this conversation right now is it reminds me of this book I read a few years ago called The World is Flat. And it's, uh, everybody's just got more access to stuff because of the internet and things like that. And, you know, the, the barrier to entry into a business is much lower now like the farmers who now can, you know, sell their tamales online directly to the consumer. Um, it just, it just makes everything so much easier for anyone to have access to the, the end user. And, but COVID has really expedited that in a lot of ways. Also, like in my business, I was always thinking I'm going to be a virtual insurance agency. Well, I had to go virtual. I didn't have that choice. And just like Tade was saying, you know, people learn differently. So I had to teach myself how to do that and how to, you know, use Canva and, you know, to make marketing materials. And, and thank God for YouTube. I've, I've got 10 graduate degrees from YouTube University now, you know, so it's all these different things that are all coming together at a really perfect storm kind of way right now between COVID and people just having all this more access to stuff. Uh, and it, COVID's kind of, like I said, it expedited things and it's, it's almost a, a silver lining in that, in that way. So, um, but I appreciate what you're saying. I really do. And, and I'm curious, I just want to ask you one question. Um, aside from other network of uh, chambers of commerce, what kind of networking are you doing besides that, you know, besides other organizations like yourself? Are you reaching out to the community, community outreach, um, out of the areas, uh, you know, out of your, say, you know, East Coast or something like that? just curious as to what what kind of network working you're doing but thanks for, for a great talk I'm oh, gonna thank, you myself. 
Thank you, Chris. You know, it's a, like I mentioned, it's a new association. So we were working on a lot of like details on fine tuning, like the message, business model, et cetera. So recently, I would say like 10 days ago, we just launched a, 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 our first official program. It's called the e-commerce navigator program, sponsored by uh, Google Cloud and Wells Fargo. And uh, what that is allowing us is to introduce the association to business owners that are following us on Facebook or, or you know, stumble upon this first. And, and that's gonna be one way for us to try to engage with business owners across the country. We want them to join the association through this uh, sponsor membership for a full year, have access of the, to the marketplace, give us the opportunity to help you promote your products and services within our network. But at the same time, in terms of the, uh, the networking, I'm always trying to uh, engage with folks that are gonna add value to the business ecosystem that we're building. So I'm reaching out to FinTech companies, to other tech companies, to business leaders in other parts of the country that can benefit from a collaboration uh, with us. And I'm always you know, knocking on doors. I'm a very stubborn person when it comes about building this uh, community and, and we have been very successful with the Hispanic Chamber of E-Commerce here in San Diego and and now I'm trying to scale up the work that we've been doing here locally at the national level you know to keep building that legacy that I talked about earlier. Yeah no and, and I, I agree with Chris the barrier to entry is lower and that's confidence is only going to be found when we commit to connect right so thank you Tade for answering that question and Chris for your comments. Michelle. Yes, so very interesting story, good information. And I do like the um, connections you can make across the country, of course, because I've only made it to California once. And so um, just, I like hearing from everywhere else, but I thought I was gonna have to move there because he mentioned financial literacy. So, you know, I, I kind of sat up then, you know, that's, that's the heart of, you know, what I do, uh, you know, for sure. And that about small businesses not having, um, the skill set to be able to apply for those loans because a lot of people are still running their companies are not still or are always running them as a mom and pop. Yeah. They look like they're big. You think they're big because they make a few dollars or, oh, my friend has a business. No, but they're still mom and pop. And you can't run your business on that mm -hmm. composition notebook and writing down everybody who owes you from the neighborhood and you collect on Friday. <laughs> That's not what's working today. So you do have to know that, you know, and, um, you know, I'm learning things myself, so I'm not perfect, but I do know that you have to have reports together because accounting was my favorite subject in school. So I do know those things, but, um, and if you can't handle your personal business, you're very likely not going to handle your business finances as well, your, your personal finances. So you're not going to do that. And it definitely won't follow from there. So, um, you know, the last thing I wanted to add was what Adam said, you know, like who knows a phone number anymore? So he said he knows grandma's phone number, but really I, I, I think about that. I'm like, do I even know my mother's phone number? I'm like, if something serious happened, you don't know a number, you lose your phone. So that all that, all this plays into that, that technology, what you need to know. And, you know, accounting is not done in ledgers anymore. So you have to have that digital part, you know, to it, but Great share, great story. And um, again, thank you for allowing me to be in this community. Yeah, really. And, and that's important to remember because community democratizes mentorship, right? We don't know what we don't know, but knowing that people are in your network and in your community make it so much more capable for us to grow and learn together. Patrick. 
Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry I was late. Um, I, I love the the leadership that, that you're emphasizing, Tate. Um, it's phenomenal. I think it's really important that you emphasize the digital economy just because it happens so quickly and it can move by a small business. Um, and I found it interesting you mentioned someone not believing that there was actually access to resources. Uh, because I believe there, I believe there is access. I think we're, I think maybe that person, I know I struggle with this myself at the local level is not the access to the resources, but the roadblocks at local government. Mm. Um, and I took some notes. I think what I, on, on my own, part, what I'd like to do is maybe get more involved with local chambers, um, and look for things like, you know, we're all coming out of this pandemic. And we all took a beating last year, and some of us are still taking a beating. Wouldn't it be nice for the Chambers of Commerce to do simple things like waive membership fees and waive access fees to networking events, things that might just boost just, just temporarily? And I think that you sparked my, my thought about what more could I do about my situation, uh, because I think, I think what you're doing at the, at the national level makes sense. And I think it takes local businesses like all of us to be as, as involved as we are with this group, with our local chambers and our local government, because that's the only way we're gonna help ourselves in our own backyard. So uh, kudos for you for just kind of opening my eyes to something I, I looked right past. That was great. I love it because it's a, it's a commitment to our communities, regardless of where they're at, online or in our backyard. So Patrick, thank you for those thoughts and thank you for the comments. Jonathan. Hi, so I was just curious. Um, I loved, the whole conversation was great, but what really struck me is when you were talking about social platforms, especially things like TikTok. <clears throat> it's, it's rare that I hear people, you know, even marketers nowadays talking about TikTok. I think it's still, you know, they'll speculate on it, but it's still a very young platform. There's a lot of people on it, but it's, it's hard to get metrics. It's hard to, you know, it's very, it skews very young, but I love hearing you talk about how important it is to be in those spaces. Cause it reminds me of what Adam said earlier about how necessity breeds innovation. And that idea that you, you know, this is where people are showing up. It might seem like kind of a very foreign place, but it's really where you've got to be if you want to appeal to a certain group of people or you want to get eyes in front of something, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, so be it. My question for you is, and I will always be completely in awe of entrepreneurs and business owners and people who just decided they wanted to do something and they went for it. I think it's one of the largest acts of courage that one can go in between the financial literacy kind of hurdle, right? Between actually having to learn about <laughs> not just how to manage my money, but the nuances of money as it, as it pertains to being a business owner, and then having to learn about emerging platforms and things like that, I, I think I would be very overwhelmed to even just try and build a business, let alone think about how, okay, I have to learn how to be a business owner, right? I'm gonna fly the plane while I build it. And I'm also gonna have to learn about finances and I'm gonna have to learn about all these emerging platforms. What's a what's like a kind of a solidified or, or piece of advice you would give to someone who was just feeling so overwhelmed in this moment, where they knew, you know, <laughs> I can't. There are there are a few moments where entrepreneurs. I sorry, I, I saw this really funny uh, meme the other. Day. I actually saw a funny video on TikTok where it was a successful entrepreneur who the video was about how she was shutting her laptop and the caption just said. Um, I don't want to work a nine to five. And then it cut to her full-time business. And she goes, I wanted to work 24 hours, 
So it was that, you know, it was that really funny thing where it's like, I followed my dream, but I definitely took on a lot of, of labor. How, what's a piece of advice or what's something you would say to even just kind of calm someone down who is feeling really overwhelmed by all of the things that they have to know how to do uh, outside of just launching a business? You know, I, uh, sometimes I like to joke about that because some people ask me like, I'm overwhelmed with everything that is happening and stuff. I'm like, take a breath. If that doesn't work, have a tequila shot. You know, <laughs> one or the other is going to work. Um, but you know what? Like, I think like entrepreneurs I wa are wired with a different uh, brain because oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs are just fearless and just go with their hunch, you know, with their feelings. And, and then they, they are just aggressive on whatever it feels right to them at the moment that's how they're gonna move forward with their decisions. And oftentimes a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think it's good that they don't know that much about business planning and a strategy and all that, because otherwise there will, they will be like roadblocks, you know, throughout the whole process. So I think that when, when they get to that point where they don't feel to what direction they need to go, that's when they reach out to, to business consultants, associations like ours for some help, right? So, so that's why Chambers of Commerce, and I'm glad what Patrick mentioned this, they are still relevant in the marketplace and they just need to work on certain stuff to become more relevant to the current needs that small businesses are, are having because oftentimes you, you see programs and initiatives that are living in the 90s, right? And they need to adjust to the TikTok area, the Instagram era, you know, where they, where, when someone reaches out to, to you and says, like, hey, I'm thinking about marketing on TikTok, is your demographic there? Your target audience is there? If it is there, it makes sense to you to explore that channel because it may open up some new opportunities for you. So you just have to, like, kind of like be that uh, more like a, like a, family member that looks up for you and wish the best and just try to give you some some guidance on on what's gonna make the most positive impact for your business in the short term because a lot of these small businesses are, are living the day by day you know like they are making enough money and and in, in, uh, in the next four weeks to pay the rent to pay the insurance pay payroll etc so it the 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 decision process for a lot of these micro businesses is very like short term. So you just have to give them options that are gonna help them to generate that revenue in the shortest period of time. And if they start growing as they go, then you can start giving them options on how they can keep growing their operation. And, and just to mention something because, and you know, it, it really grabbed my attention, the government roadblocks that uh, Patrick uh, talked about earlier, that's another thing that we as business leaders and business owners need, need to start addressing more with our elected officials. Because from my perspective right now, we have a lot of policies at the local, uh, state and federal level that are stopping small businesses from thriving in the marketplace. We're living with, with policies that, are, that were crafted in the 80s and the 70s. And I'm talking about business permits and stuff that they need to change in order to facilitate doing business in, in, in the marketplace. So it is important for business owners that are familiarized with the needs and the struggles of, of the business community to, to address this in a 
intelligent and fact-driven matter with the elected officials so they can start crafting policies that are gonna help our country to build a robust IT infrastructure and a digital policy that is gonna be good for small businesses across the country. Yeah, I love it. That was a great, great question, Jonathan. And I love the response, Tade. And when you look at what you said, Jonathan, why would anybody quit a nine to five to work 24 hours a day? You know, one of the things that I'm reminded of is Young Atlas carrying the world on his back, right? And in business, we often feel like that. And it's not just our business we're carrying on our back. It's our friends, our family, our community. So many people feel that they're taking on so much. And there's only really two things that kind of jive or press somebody to do that. It's either going to be pain or pleasure, right? There's got to be something that shoved them into wanting to be an entrepreneur to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And to what you said, Tade, we do need to be business leaders. We need to advocate for each other. And that's the way that we'll support and grow. And I think in business associations and communities like this, we'll find synergies with people that either are in the same industries we're in and we'll align and we'll share some of those current events, those pain points, those pleasure points, or we just find others that maybe work hand in hand. That's why B2B is so popular because people yeah. find that they learn and grow and support each other and you get power networks and power groups even inside of associations, yeah. inside of communities. We've already seen that in our community. You know, We've got some people that are very active and they're supporting each other and I just, I love seeing growth like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, Dave, um, so my experience with local government, um, it, extremely painful. Uh, I, I'm a military veteran and uh, took uh, almost two years to get the recognition of a veteran-owned small business um, to get a leg up, to get an opportunity where you know some businesses are required to uh, do business with minority-owned businesses. Um, and the website shows three easy steps for veterans and every step you click on has 75 additional steps yeah things that need to be notarized why are we notarizing things and what is this 1934 um it's ridiculous and i gave up several times and i'm not someone who gives up at all and i was lucky jonathan carroll is my state representative and his office was very available to me and they kept me going and Jonathan went through this process with me and he said, this is absolutely ridiculous. You and many others like you served our country, defended our freedoms, and then we make it almost impossible for you to be simply recognized yes, as a veteran of small business. I'm not getting additional business. I'm not getting funding. I'm not getting anything other than I can say I'm a veteran of small business. And I'm sure there's, you know, it's classified women-owned, minority-owned, veteran-owned, those three categories. And I'm positive there are, women, minorities, and other veterans like me who just throw their hands in the air uh, because of, you know, roadblocks. That being said, I have a really good representative who stuck with me and pushed me through it and got me to that next level. There are good representatives out there who suffer through the same roadblocks that business people do. Mm -hmm. And again, I put it back on us that we can walk away from the obstacle or we can jump over it. And, and you've opened my eyes to the fact that I probably get discouraged and walk away and think I'm not a person who gets discouraged, but it happens to everybody. Uh, and I, and I, I applaud you. Uh, and I wish you were here in Illinois. <laughs> so, you know, I could come over into your office and you can help me more, but thank you again, just for, for your thoughts on that. Thank you so much for your service, Patrick. I mean, it. Yeah, great, great comment, Rachel. I just realized with my blurred background that my hands blurred as well. Um, hey, Tade, thank you so much for 
all of your story, what you're doing. I think it's really inspiring um, your background. I have to tell you, I really relate to your grandfather running a business for 50 years because I had two great uncles in Southern Wisconsin that ran a business for 50 years as well. So I can really relate to that. Um, and just, you know, I'm also really curious what small town in central California you were in because um, I'm in California. So anyways, but, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. I, I love that you get the whole digital world because I think a lot of people know they should be doing that, but struggle and just helping people to start in one place, um, I think is very helpful. So I'm sure you have a lot of really cool conversations every day with small business people that light bulbs go off and you're inspiring to them. So keep up the great work. Thank you, Rachel. I was in uh, Cambria. Cambria oh, you are? Cool. Yeah. We, we love to go there with my, with my uh, family. Yeah. Well, I, I know Paso Robles very well. Actually, that whole area. So That's so beautiful. Wine country, you know? Yes. Can suffer when you go there. Yeah, exactly. Now, great comments and conversation today. Tade, we're so thankful for you sharing your story and just the visibility of what, you, what you're doing in your movement. And I just got to say, again, commodity is democratizing mentorship. Back to, to what we've discussed here these last few minutes is so many people are launching new businesses and it might not be their first business. It might not be their first career. You know, Patrick, you served and then we're so thankful for you for doing that. And you should have the availability to launch what your next passion is going to be, which is helping people and engaging and growing. And the same thing for moms, maybe kids have gotten out of the house and it's time for them to do what they've always wanted to do. We should make things easier for each other and community is the strongest format that I've been able to see that dialogue, conversation, and meaningful progress takes place. So thank you for all the comments from the community members today and Tade for your story. We're so very appreciative of what you're doing. Um, before we let you go, I want to be considerate of everybody's time here because we're at the end of our hour, but where can we send people to align with you and, and just connect with you and grow the community? Oh, thank you. Thank you again, Adam, for the invitation. And thank you, Rachel, Michelle, Chris, Jonathan, Patrick, Julie, for joining us today. Uh, you can go to uh, our website, usb, as in boy, aec.com. And, you know, if, if you Google my name or if you Google US or Association of E-Commerce, you will find us first page of Google, in Google on Google. And, um, you know, like I said, right now we, we knock on a lot of doors to try to offer a sponsor membership, just like Patrick mentioned, because I noticed that it was a priority for us to keep helping small businesses that were struggling. Thank, luckily, we got the support of two great corporations. And right now we are uh, adding businesses to our marketplace, helping them to promote their products and services through our platform and our different uh, social media uh, profiles. So happy to help in any way we can. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm at your service. And thank you again for the invitation. Yeah, great. I, I appreciate you, Tade, and I appreciate the community members for being here today. Thank you all so much. And, you know, hopefully we took away some nuggets and everybody has a fantastic weekend. Thank you, guys. Good seeing everybody. Bye.